Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. changing seasons and the changing times your voice inspires hope in us you strengthen us and you lead us on we give you praise we thank you for this morning we pray that you continue to speak with us that again we will hear your voice that you will inspire us that you strengthen us that we will continue on this journey with you we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir. God bless you. Last Tuesday, we had a very interesting and thought-provoking message from Nana Kofi the message had occupied my attention and everything, my Bible reading, everything has just been focused on this. I was hoping for grace to reshare the same message, but I couldn't have enough grace for it. The message focused on we staying focused on our calling and the course that Christ has called us onto, not getting distracted by opposition or anything that goes against us. Not seeking vengeance when clearly you have the power and ability to do that. And assessing the costs of discipleship, the call to follow Christ. This message, thinking through it, um, led me to a message I was taught some years ago, an illustrative message using the um, building of the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah chapter 3. So, Nehemiah represents building community, teamwork, leadership. There are so many lessons from the book of Nehemiah. But I'm focusing this morning on chapter 3 and pick on just some key points. In the building of the walls of Jerusalem, the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 3, looking at the whole chapter from verse 1 to 31, it points out that there were 10 gates that were built along. Because of time, we wouldn't go through that. But there were 10 gates. And the Bible mentioned the gates. And the gate is a doorway. It is the means of entrance into a place. It is also the way of getting out of a situation. And those doorways could be used to illustrate the Christian life. In actual fact, theologians believe that those gates represent a prophetic journey of the Church of Christ from the time Christ left the earth until his second coming. So there are different times and seasons and what the church will go through until the judgment day. 
However, it has also some significance for our Christian life as individuals. And so when we look at verse 1, it talks about the sheep gate. Let me read just the verse 1. It says that, so Elias sheep, the high priest came forward along with his fellow priests and reconstructed the sheep gate. They consecrated it and installed its doors. They also consecrated the walls as far as the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel. Verse 3 talks about the fish gate. Verse 6 talks about the old gate. Verse 13 says the valley gate was built. Then verse 13 also says from the valley gate they built the dung gate. Then 15 talks about the fountain gate. 26 talks about the water gate. 28, the horse gate. Then we have verse 31, which talks about the east gate. And then we have the verse 29, the east gate. And then verse 31, which talks about the master gate or the inspection gate. And then it ends with verse 32, which talks about the sheep gate again. So that closes the whole cycle of the church. And if you look at the picture of the gate, it is very interesting, but we will go there today. But then, illustratively, what does this mean to us as Christians? First, the sheep gate. The Christian life starts with we recognizing the work of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. It is the first step of our Christian journey. Until we come to that point of recognizing what Christ has done for us, the Christian journey had not started yet. It is very important that we know what Christ has done and see how important it is for us. Recognizing that we are sinners and Christ died for us. But Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He is the shepherd, but at the same time, he became the sheep, the sacrificial lamb. He laid down his life for us. And verse, in verse 27, it says, my sheep hears my voice. The first journey of Christian life is hearing the call of God and obeying that call. The day you gave your life to Jesus and said, I come in, the Bible calls you the sheep. Jesus says that the last day he will separate the sheep from the goat. When we receive Christ and we take that decision to follow Christ, we have come to that sheep gate of entering into that kingdom of God, of starting that walk with God. But then it doesn't end there. The next stage, the Bible calls it the fish gate. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus talks about, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. To be able to recognize that you have really received Christ, one of the things that most of the time moves many believers is the desire to speak about Christ to others. Research has shown that majority of people who go about witnessing or speaking about Christ when it is not the church that is pushing us out, or it has become the responsibility the church says you have to do this. But on their own accord, speak about Christ. Majority 
are people who have received Christ fresh. That desire, that joy of what you have received, what you have learned of Christ, pushes you to talk about Christ to others. That is the sheep gate, fish gate, being called to lead others to Christ. Then from the fish gate, we get to the old gate. As you talk about Christ, as you share your faith, you get to that stage of your Christian life where you are confronted with your past. You are confronted with your old colleagues that you lived in that sinful life with, that you have to deal with. The Bible talks about shedding our old self and putting on the new man in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you are confronted with that situation of going back to your past or moving on in that journey with Christ. Many Christians, after that initial zeal and preaching to Christ and so on, they get confronted with their past again, with the people they once lived with. And many fall at that stage of their Christian life. They are not able to shed off the old and take on the new. But the Bible encourages us in Ephesians 4.22 that we should put off the old man and its nature and put on the new man, which is Christ. If in your Christian life you have gotten to that stage of your life where your friends and colleagues seem to try to convince you that this journey of Christ is not real. I remember when I became born again and when I was in that stage of the fish gate, preaching everywhere, zealous and so on. One day there was um, a night club, a disco night after school, and by then they were supposed to close at 10. The school authorities gave them 10 o'clock to close. And the Christian um, fellowship had also asked permission to have an all night from 10 o'clock. So we got there 10 o'clock and the program was still on because that is the time the fireworks was on. The hellfire was really burning. And we tried to talk to some of the leaders, they wouldn't listen. So I just entered the hall and stood in the middle of the fire. And people started running out of the hall. So one um, tutor came in and said, I like your zeal. I don't know what you did. But just when you went, entered, people started running. And everything came. In 10 minutes, everything had ended. I didn't say a word. I just stood in the middle of the room. Then this tutor came to me and said, when I was young like you, I was more zealous than you. But you see, I don't like the way you are going about it. This thing, when you are confronted with the realities of life, you will give up on it. And for me, that is a call to higher standards. Because then I know this man is waiting to see the day that I'll give up on the zeal. And thank God, it's been over years, but then Christ has held me on. Amen. So we get to that situation of the old gate where we are confronted with situations of our past and we are drawn into it and we are told to hold on. And as we move on from this situation of the old gate, and decide that no, we are not going back. 
I've made up my mind. I am going forward. We may get into the valley gates. The situation where we go down. The valley experience. It is one of the difficult experiences for Christians. Where you have to suffer for Christ. Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 22 that we are not only called to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for him. That is where you go through persecution. The people who once laughed with you, the people who sometimes even encourage your faith, suddenly start persecuting you. Things start going in a way that you even sometimes get to a position where you are about to doubt whether Christ is real. The valley experience is an experience every Christian goes through one way or the other. A difficult time of your life. A time where you are tempted to give up on Christ. It is the lowest moment of your life. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be the, I mean, losing something great. It could be your faith being attacked in a way. It could be your surroundings. It, it comes in different forms. But it is the valley experience. But when we endure the valley experience, when we go through the valley experience, it will lead us to the dank gate. The dank gate, verse 14, talks about the dank gate. And it is the situation, like Paul said, that I count all things, all the things that were assets to me, in Philippians chapter 3, from verse 8 to 12. He says, all the things that once were glorious to me, that were assets to me, I count them as loss. They are a loss. I don't value them. For me, everything now is a dank. I don't value them again. Why? Because Paul said he's focused on one thing, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being acquainted with him. It is a situation where we get to and the things that we once value because of the experience we have gone through, we come to that stage of our life where the things we hold dear, we give up on them and we said. Only one thing matters, Christ and nothing else. The Christian journey can be very confusing sometimes. We are sometimes, some of us came to Christ because we were promised that all things would be good for us. And like we learned from Tuesday, the first man came in and without anybody saying anything, he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I will follow you everywhere you go. The man has seen Jesus using five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people. Why wouldn't you follow him everywhere he goes? It looks like this man, there is no trouble with him. He can solve every problem. You saw the miracles. You see everything and you know that this man cannot disappoint. It is the high point of the rally, political rally. You say things there. But Jesus reminded him, it's not a rosy road throughout. Yes, there are good times, but there can be difficult times. Foxes are home. But the son of man, the creator of the world, has no place to lay his head. There comes that point in your life where you have to lose things. You have to let go of things just because you want to hold on to Christ. The down gate is a position where we settled our mind on the journey. That we are committed to Christ no matter what it will cost us. We have weighed the price. We have gone through the valley. And we have come to that position where we put everything aside and call them down for the glory of God so that we might hold on to Christ. And when we get to that stage, 
It brings some new joy, some new zeal. The Holy Spirit inspires us. It leads us to the fountain gate. Jesus says in John chapter 7, from verse 37, he says that those that believe in me, as the scriptures have said, out of their belly shall flow streams of living waters. We get to the fountain gate where there is now new joy of our faith. We've gone through the difficulties. We've gone through the valley. But then there is some new joy, a joy that nobody understands. Why do you love God even in this situation? Like Job was saying, why would you still serve God even in this situation? The fountain gate is a joy that is beyond the human understanding. It is a situation where the Holy Spirit flows within you and leads you in a situation where, despite the circumstances, your joy in Christ is beyond the environment. And it will lead you to the water gate. Jesus says that in Ephesians, that Jesus says that you are clean by the word I have spoken. The water is the word. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 says that Jesus cleanses the church by the water of the word. So the word of God is the water. When that new zeal of the Holy Spirit moves you, that new joy of the Holy Spirit comes into your life. When you have that joy, it leads you to the word of God. You start loving the word. You read the word and you find it so exciting. You wonder, is it the same Bible I have been reading? You start seeing new things in the Bible. This is a new experience of your love for the word. But after you have consumed this word, after this joy of the Holy Spirit, it leads you to the eighth gate, which is the horse gate. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 31, horses are prepared for the day of battle, but victory is of the Lord. The horse gate is a situation of warfare. Yes, you have gone through the valley. Yes, you have made a decision to count everything but loss for the sake of Christ. You have forsaken the world and held on to Christ. There is new joy. There is new zeal. There is a new understanding of the word of God. A new joy in the things of God again. But then the battle starts. It could be spiritual warfare. It comes in different angles. That is where the word of God that you have read, that you enjoyed, you must put to use. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, that we must put on our loins. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the spiritual warfare. It talks about, I would love to read Ephesians chapter 6, it's one scripture. Sorry. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 to 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord, relying on his mighty strength. When it comes to spiritual warfare, one of the deceptions of spiritual warfare is relying on ourselves, thinking that I have the ability to do it. Sometimes we are tempted to believe that the way we shout and scream at the devil, the force we use, we try to look at spiritual warfare as if it is a physical war. But the Bible says that be strong in the Lord, relying on his power. The disciples, when we look at what we're taught on Sunday, if you go on from the Tuesday message, you see the disciples going through that experience where Jesus took them, three of them, into the mountain, and then the rest of them were left there, and a man brought the child to them to heal. 
and the disciples did all the encomiums that they know, all the screaming and the skills that they know, and the demon would not go away. And when Jesus came down, the man took the child to Jesus and said, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't help. And just with a word, the demon left and the child was set free. Then they went to see Jesus and said, how come we couldn't do it? So this ones, they come out by fasting and prayer. However, the next chapter, chapter 10 of Luke, says that Jesus gathered the 70 and sent them out and gave them authority. And they came back celebrating, says, demons and all things were listening to us when we speak in your name. The first time they were depending on their strength. When they got to that stage of their life where they recognized that we don't have it. And Jesus said, now go out. Without depending on themselves, they saw the power of God. And when they returned rejoicing, celebrating the miracles, the works of God, Jesus said, Satan himself fell from the heavens. But what is most important is not because demons are open, listening to you. What matters no more is that your name is recorded in the Lamb's book. That your name has been added to the list of those who are qualified to use the name Jesus. Not everybody is qualified. We remember the story of the sons of Sceva who tried to name, use the name Jesus. But their name is not. Maybe the bankers will understand that. We have um, this book called Forgotten the Name. But then, auto, um, forgotten, can you remember? the book of authority, where six um, authorized signatories. Now, when a check is signed, a banker's check is signed, and the person who signs it, his name is not in the list of authorized signatories the check will be rejected. But if your name is listed in the book of authorized signatories, then when you sign your check within the limit of your power, it is handed without any question. Jesus says that demons are listening to you, but there's a greater one. Your name is in the book of signatories, authorized signatories. You are permitted to use the name of Jesus. That is most important. It is greater than demons listening to you. You are permitted to use the name of Jesus. Jesus says, this is the greatest blessing. Not that you cast out devils, but that you are recognized in the heavens. Amen. Amen. Beyond the horse gate, we go to the east gate. It is the time of glory. Jesus said that as the lightning flashes from the east, and yet comes to the west and everybody sees it, so the Son of Man shall appear. Jesus is believed to come and land on the Mount Olives. It is believed that the East Gate represents the glory of God. It is also represents the second coming of Christ. In all our deliberations, in all the situations we find ourselves, we should remember that Jesus will come again. No matter where we find ourselves as Christians, we must remember that Jesus will come again. If anything is bringing you down in your faith, it looks like that promise of his second coming is so far away. Jesus says that a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. When you are going through a situation where you seem to give up and say, let me take more time off, some little time off, remember that it will come at a time we are not expecting. 
Jesus says that when you see the tribulations and everything going on, raise up your head because you know, you should know that your salvation is nearer than you thought. When you find yourself in a situation where you feel like giving up, hold on. Keep on holding on. Because the salvation is closer. The glory is closer than when you are stopped. And the final gate is the judgment gate. Or others call it inspection gate. The Bible says, before we all shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There is a day of judgment. It is also a day where Christ will separate the sheep from the goats. If you started as a sheep, keep on as a sheep. Because this journey ends at the sheep gate. Still remain as a sheep. So that the day that the Savior comes, when he separates the sheep from the goat, you'll be found to still be a sheep. God bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. For you have called us to walk with you. And you promise us, I will never leave you, neither will I forsake you. There are times that we feel like you are too far away. There are times that we feel like you are not seen. There are times that we feel like it is not real, that we have believed a lie. Yes, there are times that we feel like, God, where are you? But we know that in all situations you are with us. We pray that you continue to hold our hands. Strengthen us in this journey. Everyone has his own battle and situation. But you know us. And there is grace enough for every step of the way. Lead us through this journey until we meet you face to face. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.